Welcome to the Jesus Image Podcast. Everyone is doing well? And you're ready, of course, right? Can we stand and just thank the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for what you've done in this beautiful ministry here, what you're about to do. Thank you. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. And I pray, Lord, tonight you'll help me minister the word to your people. Enable them to receive your blessed word. Thank you, blessed Jesus, for your word, your promises. To you belongs all the glory, all the praise, and all the majesty. In Jesus' name, and God's people said a mighty amen. You may be seated. I'm going to get straight into the word. And then later, as the Lord leads, I'm praying that the Lord will heal some of you. And Mark, thank you, my good brother. You just stay that right there. Thank you. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32. I have a very special word for you tonight because this is the beginning of the year still. And I prayed this morning, I said, Lord, give me a word for the people tonight. And there it is. Let's read verse 9 first. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. I'm going to read verse 10 and let's pray. I'll have enough time to get to the entire message because there's so much to talk about here in just this one verse 9 but look at verse 10 he found him in a desert land in the waste howling wilderness he led him about he instructed him he kept him as the apple of his eye but let's focus on verse 9 can you just lift your hand to heaven just a second Lord open our eyes that we might see wondrous things out of your word. Open our eyes, precious Holy Spirit, that we might know the depth of your love for us, for Jesus' sake. This verse 9, when you look at it, you've got to pay attention to what it says. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. This is such a glorious, blessed truth. It cannot come out of a human mind. It cannot be spoken by any human being. Because God is speaking himself here that he has an inheritance. Now listen. Please just help us tonight with any baby here because... 
If you, if you grasp this, it'll change your life. God refused to have the earth for his inheritance. He refused heaven for his inheritance. He refused angels for his inheritance. He chose his people. Think about that. God does not want the earth. Because one day it's going to burn up anyways. He doesn't want heaven. Because heaven one day will be no more his home. We pray our Father which art in heaven. But one day he's coming to earth. So we can't pray our Father which art in heaven when he's on earth. Because one day he'll have a brand new earth. And he'll dwell on it. So think about these words. The Lord's portion is his people. I almost cried when the Lord showed me this. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. Wow. So what does it mean to be his inheritance? Okay. Heaven is not his inheritance. Angels are not his inheritance. The world is not his inheritance. He doesn't, in fact, want it. Because none satisfy the heart of God but his people. Look at Proverbs 8.31 on the screen a second. You've got to see this verse. He said, my delights are with the sons of men. That's powerful. Is it on the screen yet, gentlemen? There you go. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth. And my delights are with the sons of men. God, God does not delight in heaven or the earth. He delights in his children. So I'm going to go slow so nobody kind of misses anything tonight. And really, if you look at this portion in Proverbs, and you start at verse 27, it kind of gives you uh, a bigger picture. It, said, uh, it says, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the, fount the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his command, when he appointed the foundation of the earth, then I was by him. Now this is the Lord Jesus talking here about when God created the earth, that he was there. Then I was by him, verse 30 says, as one brought up with him. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Now wait, the Lord is saying to us that when he created the heavens and the earth, he was there. And, and he said that he was the delight of the Father always before him in verse 30, but watch verse 31. Rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth and my delights were with the sons of men. 
Yeah, God. Knock, knock. What a beautiful revelation of God's love. Look at Psalm 135 a second. You know, if you really grasp this, you'll be free tonight from rejection. Whoever you are, whatever rejection you've ever had, it'll be gone. It says, For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel for his what? Treasure. Would you all say after me, I am his only delight. Wait, wait, do you really believe this? If you don't, I feel sorry for you. God did not create angels in his image. Not one angel. Only you. Say, I am the image of God. Say it again. One more time. Say no, say, no angel is. I am. But why did he? You know, like, why would he do that? Why did he choose us like that? Why did he delight in us like this? Well, it says, my delights are with the sons of men. And here he calls us his treasure. God is not talking here about the man Jacob. It's his people. It's his church. Jacob, yes, that is Israel, of course. But we too are spiritual Israel. That doesn't dismiss that there is a nation called Israel. They are still his people, whether we believe it or not. And today there are people who sadly are anti-Israel. Don't, they don't love the Jewish people. I have news for you. Give me your Bible, honey. Do you love this book? Yes. It's a Jewish book. <laughs> How could you love his book and hate the Jews? There's a Jew inside of you. <laughs> What's his name? Jesus. You love him? Yes. How can you hate his people? My point is made. <laughs> and the people said? Amen. So you can't say, I love Jesus and hate, the, and hate his people. Impossibly. Because <laughs> he is a Jew. He's a Jewish Messiah in your heart. When I say it, people, oh, kind of, they, something wakes them up. Don't mix politics with the Bible. It's the word of God. It's not political. It's his word. So stop thinking politics when you look at the Bible. Anybody listening here? Good. I'm happy for you. I'm from there, you know. Huh? I'm from that part of the world. I'm from Jaffa. I'm from Israel. How many did not know that? How many did not know that? David, yeah. Yeah, David and Jessica. That's, that was funny, guys. Very, very funny. David is my son-in-law too, you know. But he likes to kind of stir me up sometimes. 
Michael stores me up all the time. He asked me tonight if I would like to wear his uh, shoes. I said, no, thank you, I like mine. But you know, it's so sad today, you, you hear so much about anti-Semitism, all that. How can a Christian hate the Jews? When the Bible that you read and love is a Jewish book written by Jewish men. The Bible was not written by Americans <laughs> or Canadians <laughs> or, or, or Spanish people or Chinese people. It was written by Jews. Thank God for that, huh? Okay, so, but, but look at what it says that we are his treasure. Look at Malachi chapter 3. Look at verse 16 and 17. I'm just really building my case here <clears throat> for you. Malachi 3, 16 and 17 says something additional about who we are in his sight. It says, Then they that fear the Lord speak often one to another. Wow. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord, that thought upon his name. And watch this, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my what? Jewels. Say, I am his jewel. Now, you remember what we said so far, right? Say, I am his inheritance and treasure. And jewel. So you're special there, aren't you? God never said one time about any angel that they are his inheritance or treasure or jewels. But you are. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serves him. So the highest manifestation of God's love belongs to you. The what? The highest manifestation of the love of God belongs to you, not the angels. No one else but you. I hope you're getting this. Okay. The richest gifts belong to you. Look how much he loves you. He would call you his inheritance. Now, I'm going to say something here that in just a second that will we'll show you a little more. But the Lord has prepared for you things that, that are going to amaze you in glory. That's why I think Paul the Apostle prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, he prayed this prayer. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Watch, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So, 
Paul is praying here that the saints would understand what is the hope of God's calling. Why did he, why did he call you? And that you would know what it means where he says that you would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you. Now, this is, I think, probably the most amazing truth in the whole Bible. That we are his inheritance. Not the world, not the angels, not heaven. His people. Now, what it, it says here is, not only do the saints obtain an inheritance, but God secures his inheritance in the saints. You missed it. We have obtained an inheritance. He is our inheritance, but we are his inheritance. Wait, hold it, hold it. You're, you're really not getting it because I think some of you maybe had never heard that or thought about it before. Say, I am, I am. his inheritance. His inheritance. He, is he is my inheritance. My inheritance. Now, for an inheritance to be given to you in the natural, someone has to die. Think. Are you, are, you, are you getting it? Elijah, are you getting it? You cannot get an inheritance in the natural without someone dying and leaving you an inheritance. Uh-huh. So who died? You got it. So when he died, he left you his inheritance. But for you to receive his, you have to die. Wow. Wow. Death is required on both. So one more time, say he is my inheritance. I am his inheritance. So how do you receive his inheritance? He has to die to give it to you. You're getting this, right? Okay. So in the natural and in the spiritual, there has to be the death of someone for you to get an inheritance. So God says in Deuteronomy 32.9, it says, Jacob is his inheritance. We are his people. His people are his. Can we put that back on? Yeah. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. That's, and that explains what he means by the lot of his people. Wow. The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So Paul now is praying here that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 17, Ephesians 1, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Who is he? That the eyes of your understanding, and I pray God is actually doing it now, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know 
Why he saved you? What is the hope of his calling? Why were you called? Why are you saved? Why are you his? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. His inheritance is in the saints. Not in the world, not in the angels, not in heaven, in the saints. Say in me. Say his inheritance is in me. And my inheritance is in him. You're getting it, right? I know it's deep. It's, it's all right, it's all right. You'll get it. So this is so powerful that God secures his inheritance in the saints. And <laughs> Michael was asking me uh, earlier about my, uh, my message. And I said, well, I'm preaching on how overwhelming the thought How overwhelming the thought. And that's what it is. Because you get very overwhelmed like, what? I am his inheritance. He doesn't want the world. He doesn't want heaven. He's going to all burn one day. He, he doesn't want the angels. He wants me. Yeah, wow is right, baby. <laughs> Jesse was saying, wow, wow, wow. Preach it. Tell the world. I'm sure you will. So, what is, what is overwhelming is the thought that God wants to obtain an inheritance in us. Look, this is going to be a troubled year for the world. Anybody that is aware of what's going on in the world knows already. This is not exactly a great year or the beginning of a great year in the world. Troubles everywhere, threats everywhere from North Korea and Iran, and you keep going. This is a, an election year for this country, and nobody knows which way it's going to go. So we're all like, this is not our home. This is not your home. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. You know that song? You told me you know all the songs. <laughs> Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. You don't know it? You, oh, you're following me. Okay. One glimpse of his dear face. Wait, wait, don't, don't, don't play. One glimpse of, just, you, you got to hear it first. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrows will erase. So bravely run the race till you see Christ. You, 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 you don't know, right? So don't tell me next time you know all the songs. I'm only having fun with them. <laughs> no, no, this is not my home. This is not your home. Heaven is your home. So we set our affections on things above, right? But we're still here, so we got to, you know, know how to, how to survive. You're not of the world. 
You're in it, but not of it. And God Almighty so loves you. <laughs> this is so wonderful. That he said, I don't want angels. I don't want heaven. I don't want the earth. I want you. Think about God choosing a sinner to be his inheritance. Yeah, wow, again, good. He's choosing dust to be his inheritance. I was walking in a mall one day and uh, years ago with Tim Brasic, who used to work with me back then. And I said, look at these people walking around. And he, he, he said, I am. I said, well, just look. Keep looking. And he kept looking. I said, what, what do you see? He said, people. I said, well, not exactly people. <laughs> so he kind of looked at me. I said, it's dust walking on legs. <laughs> and he woke up. He said, oh, my God. I said, that's all. They are dust walking on legs. From dust they came to dust, they'll go back. As when God wants the dust. He wants us to be his temple. We are his temple. So think about mud. Would you like mud to be your home forever? No way, Jose, as they say. But God has chosen us before the foundation of the world, Jose. Before the foundation of Jose right there. Before, of course, I wasn't thinking about you when I said Jose, but now I saw, I said, oh, there's Jose. By the way, he's a great drummer, isn't he? Best. Is your wife here, by the way? No, his wife makes great bread. She made me some good bread. Wow. But I, you know, I'm, I'm really here to remind you how special you are. To the Lord. Yes. That God would choose sinners to be his inheritance. But let's ask, why? I mean, does not God have everything he needs? Why, why does he need us? Well, like the sun needs the earth to shine upon. God needs vessels to fill. Can I say it again? Benny, I think we'll like that one, right? Yeah. I preached that to him in the back. He, he said, Dad, what are you preaching on? I said, let me preach it to you. So we sat on the couch and I preached it to him. And he said, wow. I said, one day you'll preach it. And more, and more than just that. And the people said, Amen. That's my grandson, my incredible, genius grandson. Stand up so they know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Dear Benny, little Benny, I love him. We all love him dearly. It's okay. I'm just thinking about something one that happened years and years ago in this very church. I think Jesse knows what I'm talking about. No? I'll remind you later. <clears throat> yeah. But what is, so, what, what is so amazing to me, and I'm sure to you now, that the reason God has chosen us 
is I believe he wants us to reflect his glory. He, God needs vessels to fill, vessels through which his glory will be seen and reflected. Vessels on which he would pour the riches of his grace. And I think that's, that's why Paul prayed that prayer. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. I read a book years ago about why God created the world. He said, for love to be love, because God is love, for God to be, for love to be love, God has to love someone. You, you have to give it away. For love to be love, it must be given away. And God created Adam in love to pour his love on him. Isn't that glorious? For love to be love, you have to give it away. You can't keep it. So God creates man and pours his love on him. Sets his heart on him. And the Lord has set his heart on you. Now, let me just say a few things. And I had said earlier that inheritance means someone has to die. Because without death, there is no inheritance. And that's why God secured his inheritance through the death of his son. He secured us. But there's something else about an, in, an inheritance. Inheritance means uh, that you'll own it forever. Like property that no, no one else will ever have but you. If somebody gave you an inheritance in the natural, it's yours for the rest of your life. No one else can have it but yourself. So the inheritance God has given us is eternal. And we are his inheritance eternally. No one can take it from us. It's our inheritance. And his inheritance. We are his inheritance. Third... For an inheritance to be given, it, 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 it must be enjoyed or lived in. Like if somebody gives you an inheritance like a home, you live in it. Or a land, you build on it. Or whatever people give you, you can enjoy your inheritance. So inheritance not only means someone has to die to give it to you. Not only does it mean that it's forever, it's endless, no one can take it from you. And not only also that, that you'd, you'll enjoy it, but really more than that. Now, if you go with me, let's, let's go to Psalms, book of Psalm 33. And I'm, you know, believe it or not, I'm, I'm still giving you facts on what the Bible says about this. <clears throat> Because I don't think people realize what, it, what it, it means to belong to the Lord. It says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his inheritance, his own inheritance. When you become his inheritance, you cannot be cursed. No curse can touch you. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And blessed are the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. 
Say, I was born to be blessed. Say it again. One more time. So when someone uh, puts a curse on you, it will not remain. Because it just has no place to land on. You don't belong to that curse. You belong to the blessing. You're getting this, right? So, so, as God's people, nobody can know your future. You got real quiet now. Fortune tellers cannot tell the future of a believer. Because we are hid in Christ. You really need to hear this. You got to hear this. Every baby born is claimed by Satan and God. A war is over that soul for the rest of their life. But when God claims that soul, the devil cannot touch that soul. And the second that someone is born again, he is free from Satan's domain and Satan's knowledge, which means no which, whatever you call them, uh, fortune tellers, will know that future of that man. Because he's no longer the devil's. Say, I am God's inheritance. He is my inheritance. I have a destiny. And no one will take it from me. Now the Bible says very, very, very clearly, you are blessed. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed are the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. But now, why? Okay, good question. Let's go to 1 Peter. Let's look at chapter 2. Let's look at verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar people or a treasured people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So why did God choose you as his inheritance? Why are you the treasure in his sight that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are a holy people. Because it says, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which hath not, which hath not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy, because we are his people. And I'm I'm going to say something here. You and I are not an afterthought. God declared us to be his before the foundation of the world. So before the foundation of the world, God fixed his heart on you. Am I saying too much? Are you getting it? Good. So God fixed his heart on you before you knew him. God fixed his heart on you before God created angels. God fixed his heart on you before he created the world. God saw you. 
gave you your name and your destiny before he ever created anything or anyone, period. When there was no heaven, no heaven, no earth, no universe, no angels, no devil, no nothing, God saw you and said, mine. And wrote your name in the book of life. It's in the Bible. Romans 8, Ephesians 1, and more than that, we were ordained. That's why the Bible teaches predestination, not predetermination. Predestination means God has chosen you, but you have to say yes. And you have to follow him. So the Bible does not really teach once saved, always saved. It says saved, and then you have to say yes and follow him. You have the responsibility to follow. So God does not push you. He simply leads you. The devil pushes you. That's the difference between God and the devil. Can I show the difference? Okay, David, come here. You said please, so you're going to have to get it. Okay. Turn, turn around, David. That's my son-in-law. So the devil says, go. Go, 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 go. But Jesus says, follow, come. He has the choice to follow or not follow. That's our Savior. And now you sit down. Good, 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 good. Well, I'm fine anyways. But at least you got the message. I love David. You weren't expecting what? You to push me. Well, we did it publicly. What, what do you want back for it? I'm going to do that. That's what's right. I said, what, what, what do you want back? He said, please dedicate Josiah. I said, I'm going to do that tonight. We're going to dedicate our beautiful grandbaby Josiah when I'm done preaching. He is so cute. Why did you have to cut his hair? Where's Lily? What happened? I just saw her. Oh, all right. Why? Well, she's pregnant, you know. You know, you know how it is, yeah. He said she's not feeling good. Oh, she's pregnant. What do you expect? But the thing is, you know, I love you, right? Thank the Lord, huh? <laughs> I have the best sons-in-law in the world. I adore this young man. Michael is so dear and special. There's no words to explain it. I've known you since you were a kitty. Huh? Yeah. Little boy, 12 years old. And I've grown to love David very much. And I'm glad his, his precious mom is there. Can we give her a big God bless you? So sweet. But back to my message, I've got to get this through, and I think I'm, I'm doing a job on it. So we're not an afterthought. Before the foundation of the world, thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Ephesians one more time, Ephesians chapter 1, and verse 13 and 14, that says, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Now watch this. Who is the earnest of our what? Inheritance. 
until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So, not only, dear beloved David, not only are we his inheritance, he's put a down payment on us already. The Holy Spirit is our down payment. Now that you have the Holy Ghost, you're in. You see, that, that blessed word means, when, when you read this, the earnest of our inheritance, that word like down payment or deposit, until the redemption of the purchased possession. It's like someone buying a home, putting a down payment, and later coming and living in it. We are the purchased possession. Say that. I am what? Say, I am the purchased possession. And one day, say, and one day, God Almighty will have all of me. You, you will not be your own. You're already not your own by, by promise. But one day you and him will be completely one. I don't think you nor I have the capacity to, to understand what that really means. Did I ever tell you the vision I had back in the 70s about myself? I don't think I did. I was in prayer, spring, almost summer of 74. And I'm in prayer, and suddenly I see myself. And I see myself like a cripple. I, I looked like I was crippled, and I could not walk, I couldn't move. And around me was this brownish, darkish atmosphere. And across the way from me, in the vision, I saw the Lord. And the Lord was dressed in beautiful white robe. And I'm on one side of, of the room. He's on the other side of, 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 the, of the room. But the real me, physically, was on my knees over here. So I see this vision of me here and the Lord there. And to be exact, the Lord was on the right and I was on the left. And I'm so crippled, I can't walk. And he stood across the way, and all he said was, come. He didn't move, he just said, come. So, physical me, Benny, saying, Lord, please help him. I was, I was crying, because I saw my, myself, and I didn't even understand it. I said, Lord, can't you see? He can't walk, he can't move. And all he said is, come, come. And suddenly, Benny in the vision moved, I'll never forget that, this leg moved like that, like just like that, and the same leg on the Lord moved. He, he was copying my movements. And when I just did this, he did this. When I did that, he did that. And finally, as I came closer, that dark brown feeling was totally gone. And as we came together, he put his arm around me like that, and I put mom around me, and I was totally straight and perfect. But something else happened that to this day I don't fully understand. We went into each other, and I disappeared. And all you saw was the Lord. I believe that's where we're all, we are all going. We will be in him for, the, for all eternity, and he in us. Isn't that what it says? We are hid in him? So one of these days... All you will see is Jesus in you. Thank God, dear God. Can we just lift our hands and thank him? We will be like him as he is. 
not as he was, as he is. We shall see him as he is and shall be like him as he is. We will lose our image and gain his image in us transformed into his glorious image forever. Dear God, that's incredible. That is what's, what is coming to each one of us. And that's why we are given the Holy Spirit as a down payment. It's going to happen. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy is great. And it says that he purchased his possession. A possession must be purchased. We just read it in Ephesians 1.14 that the Holy Ghost is the down payment of the purchased possession. How did he purchase you? In Acts 20.28 20, it says so, with his blood. Can we see that please? Acts 20.28 20, on, the, on the screen. The church that he hath purchased with his blood. The blood of God bought you and me. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. The blood of God bought you. purchased with the blood of God himself in the flesh. God became flesh in the person of Jesus. Are you enjoying this? I want to I read Psalm 94 with you. And look at verse 14. So powerful. For the Lord will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. The whole message is about you being his inheritance. And here it says, he'll never forsake you. He cannot forsake you. Are you people listening? A lady looked at a, at a friend of hers and she said, Well, honey, aren't you afraid you may slip through his fingers? Oh, she said, Listen here, I won't slip through his fingers because I'm one of his fingers. <laughs> See, I am his body. I cannot slip through his fingers. I am his fingers. I am his body. So he'll never fors he cannot forsake you. Even if you forsake him, he'll come looking for you. Hello? We all sing, he shall never forsake me. Come on, believe it. And if you walk away from him, he is the shepherd that'll come looking for his sheep. What a precious Lord. And now here's something amazing, which which we all know, I'm sure. Which, you know, if you think about 1 Corinthians 3.16, it really is kind of beyond amazing. I mean, come on. And that's why I think Paul says, don't you know? You are the temple of God. And the Spirit of God dwells within you, in you. You are the temple. I said, you are the temple. I know people say, well, the temple in Jerusalem will be built and da-da-da. No, no, you are the temple, enough. 
That temple is not the real temple. One day it'll be gone. When the whole earth is destroyed, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be gone with it. You are the temple. The only reason there will be a temple soon, and I believe that, is to fulfill prophecy. Simple. But you are the temple of God. I was in Jerusalem one day. I was doing a program on this for this is Judea, and I'm standing by the wailing wall, and there's all these people, you know, Jewish people walking out and praying and all that. And I said, We are the temple, and a guy went crazy on me. <laughs> he was walking by and he just went wild. Because he, you know, I didn't know he could hear me. So I got my mic and I'm talking, we are the temple, that's not that, we are the temple. And that Jewish fellow went wild. Because <laughs> he had never heard anyone say that. Well, we are the temple, that's all there is to it. Think about this, think about this. That this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's like, wow, wait a minute, slow down. Think about that one. Don't rush. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's what it says. And in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, I know you know these scriptures, but I got to point out to you how special and how important and how valuable you are to the Lord. You are his jewel. You are his treasure. You are his inheritance. He wants you and doesn't want anyone else. What? No, you're not. Verse 19, 1 Corinthians 6, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. You're bought with a price, so glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are, which are God's. How about Romans chapter 9? Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. And so it says in verse 23 that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore or before prepared unto glory. Say, God has prepared me unto glory. Say it again. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can like and subscribe to help us continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Give today at jesusimage.tv forward slash give. You can also join us in person or online every Sunday at Jesus Image Church. For more information on Jesus Image, events, Jesus School, and resources, visit jesusimage.tv.